This is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. And now, Dakota Ring Theatre presents the continuing adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, that scourge of the underworld, hunter of those who prey upon the innocent, that marvelous masked mystery man known only as the Red Panda! The Red Panda, mysterious crusader for justice, hides his true identity as one of the city's wealthiest men in his never-ending battle against crime and corruption. Only his fiancée, Kit Baxter, who joins him in his quest in the guise of the Flying Squirrel, knows who wears the mask of the Red Panda. This episode, I Dream of Genies. I must say, gentlemen, I'm cautiously impressed with your security measures thus far. Thank you, sir. We have taken every precaution. Be careful, Mr. Henderson. That sounds like tempting fate to me. Not a bit of it, sir. The Empire Bank has many prestigious clients. Please just step through into the lift. Most of the city's finest families have long associations with this institution. You and I both know how little most of those families are worth today, Henderson. Indeed, sir. This depression has been difficult for all of us. Though I dare say it is a temporary matter. I hate to hear you talk like that. You sound like my father and that crowd of yes-men that surround him. Still waiting for the restoration of the world that was? Tomorrow is a new land, waiting to be discovered. I could not agree more, sir. And that is precisely why, when the board came to me and said that Wentworth James, the brilliant young inventor, was looking for a bank that could accommodate his unique security needs, I did not hesitate for an instant. And for that bold, if limited, piece of vision, Mr. Henderson, the Empire Bank shall profit beyond the dreams of avarice. The lift has stopped. Why don't the doors open? Another in the security features unique to this sky vault we have created to house your prototypes. The lift door cannot be opened from within. If you would be so good as to hand me that speaking tube. This? Indeed, sir. And press that call button for me, please. Name, please? Mr. Henderson. Mr. James and party. The daily code word, please, Mr. Henderson. Sagittarius. Yes, very good, Henderson. You know something of my love of gadgetry, I see. It would be difficult not to. Already, at your age, to have patented so many remarkable technological advances, we are just delighted to have an opportunity to forge a strong business relationship. Yes, yes, Henderson. Relax a moment. You'll do yourself an injury. I was sufficiently impressed that you managed to accommodate my request for a completely new vision of a secure room, one that uses the height of this building to its advantage... Any bank that can think that far outside the normal parameters is one that deserves my business. Your request was entirely logical, Mr. James. For generations untold, banks have buried their most secure rooms underground to make them unassailable. Modern technology makes it possible to put them somewhere even safer. In the sky. Indeed. And now, if you will just oversee the opening of the main doors to my sky vault... My investors are very keen to examine the fuel cells for the new rocket packs. Of course, sir. (laughs) One moment. The great trick with perfecting the design of the rocket pack, gentlemen, has always been the fuel. It must provide maximum thrust 
while adding as little weight as possible, and burn long while not throwing sufficient heat to cook the pilot. Forgive me, sir. The doors are open. Thank you, Anderson. And now, gentlemen, it is my pleasure to present the James Rocket Pack. Great Scott, what is that? It's an intruder. How did he get up here? Well, he won't get away. On the contrary, young man. Hold it right there. I've never seen a gun like that. It is a heat ray of my own devising. Be cautious, lest it be the very last thing you ever see. This vault is 17 stories up. How did you get in here? Oh, dear. For a supposed genius, you have a depressingly pedestrian imagination. I flew, of course. Flew? Impossible! Why, Wentworth James, you of all people should know that isn't true. And as such, you should have known better than to be arrogant enough to put windows in a vault. And now, if you will excuse me... He has a flying carpet. A flying carpet? Then you can only be... The genie. The greatest criminal mastermind in history. Indeed. But I must thank you, young Mr. James. The new fuel cells and designs for your rocket packs will make me even more powerful than I have ever been. And since I won't bother about using them in an honest, legal fashion, they'll make me a hundred times richer than they would you. Stop him! Don't let him get away! So sorry I can't stay... I really must fly. No! No! Parker! Where in blazes is Parker? You sent him back, Chief O'Malley. What's that? You sent Detective Parker back to headquarters to put out an APB on the genie. And the rest of the team are almost finished with the crime scene. Most of them took the lift back down to street level. Oh, yes. Is there anything I can help you with, sir? Yes, Constable. Walk behind me and take down whatever I bellow at you. Sir? Don't be alarmed, Constable. He's just not accustomed to Parker's promotion yet. You! The Red Panda! Hold it right there! Ah, youth. New man, O'Malley? Constable, what in blazes do you think you're doing? But, sir, he's an outlaw. He's probably returning to the scene of the crime. I was never entirely clear on exactly why one would do that. Constable, for pity's sake, put that pistol down or I'll bust you down to crossing guard. But, sir... I'd do it if I were you, son. Are you threatening me? No, I am. That voice. It's the flying squirrel. On the ceiling! Constable, has it occurred to you that you're the only one surprised by any of this? But, sir... Kid, I'm going to give you to the count of three to quit pointing that pistol at the boss. Or I'm going to give you some real compelling reasons to point it at me. I'll handle this. Constable, why don't you round up any stragglers and get yourself some coffee? But, sir... Now, and try very hard never to let me hear you say that again. Go! <sighs> These kids today... <sighs> he reminds me of myself 20 years ago. He reminds me of you 18 months ago. There is that... Not that I'm entirely comfortable with this chummy little relationship we've forged. It'd probably finish my career if word ever got out. <laughs> you? They'll have to wheel you out of your office in a chair or carry you out in a pine box. I'm almost certain she meant that in the nicest possible way. I gathered. Well, to what do we owe the pleasure of this visit? Here to complicate my life with your brilliant deductions? This one is pretty open and shut. We just saw the crowd of prowl cars at street level. We were on our way home from a different dance. Looks as if this were some sort of specially constructed vault of technological wonders. Yes. The bank constructed it on behalf of Wentworth James. James? I've heard of him. He's supposed to be fairly clever. Hmm. 
So he's smart enough to get your hackles up, is he? Interesting. He's patented one or two dozen interesting designs. I hear talk of a rocket pack in the works. Sounds interesting. And it looks like somebody else thought so, too. And the first of the brilliant deductions begins. Don't make me hurt you. Not that I don't enjoy watching you two spar, but it's been rather a long day. James was on his way up to the vault with Henderson, the bank manager, and a crowd of investors interested in the rocket pack. When they got the door open, they discovered that walking Ego the genie helping himself to the new fuel cells and whatever plans he could lay his hand on. The genie? The very same. He held off the crowd with something that he said was a heat ray of his own devising. Heat ray? Green pistol about ten inches long at the barrel, triangular projection array? Um, yes. That's what they said, more or less. The Marsland job? Yes. Curious. Why curious? The genie stole Professor Marsland's prototype heat ray nine days ago. He's a technological magpie, looting what he can, whenever he can, and adapting it for his own fiendish purposes. But in this case, he hadn't even had time to change the paint job. Unlike him. When did all this happen? About an hour and a half ago. What? Are you certain? As a matter of fact, I did actually think to speak to one or two of the dozen witnesses left behind. Why do you ask? Because an hour and a half ago, we were five miles away fighting a maniac with two magnetic force guns. And? The maniac in question was the genie. Extra, extra, read all about it. Genie crime spree continues. Three more robberies last night. Extra. Thank you, gentlemen. I'll ask you to remain calm. This freeze beam has a hair trigger and a nasty kick. <laughs> Morning Edition. Genie scores again. Two more secret labs raided. Only in the Chronicle. Professor, you will kindly divulge the combination to the safe where your schematics are kept, or you will force me to field test this new pain projector. Police still baffled. Genie eludes cops and masked heroes alike. City held in grip of terror. Get your paper right here. <laughs> Geez, boss, I don't know how much longer we can keep this up. We've been running around half-ragged just trying to stay two steps behind the genie. Meanwhile, he's been looting most of the city's best research and development laboratories at will. Without a break. Sometimes so soon after the last job... That th people think they happened at the same time. Yes, that's getting to be too much of a coincidence to be entirely believable, isn't it? It kind of is. Listen. What is it? N nothing. Nothing is nothing. I'm sorry. I'm getting jumpy. Well, keep your ears peeled. If the genie intends to keep up this crime spree, he'll never be able to resist a target like this. You don't think he'll stop to wonder why Fenwick Industries would choose this particular moment to let it be known that they're about to unveil the guidance system for their new flying torpedo? If he's run half as ragged as we are, he won't stop to wonder if we're pulling the strings. He seems to be in some kind of frenzy or mania. Well, if he sticks his neck in here, we'll see to it that he gets a nice long rest up the river. I suppose... You don't sound that enthusiastic. Hmm? Which would bother me less if this weren't your plan in the first place. Sorry, Squirrel. I was just thinking of something you said once. Hmm? Do tell. Kit Baxter, behave yourself. Why do you still say that when you don't mean it? Why do you still call me boss? Which of Baxter's many laws are you quoting tonight? <clears throat> when the Goonie birds start changing their tune... There's usually something else going on. 
The genie has been acting a touch peculiar. Count the ways. Well, he's hitting everything in sight, stealing every plan and prototype he can lay his hands on without taking any time to study what he's taken. Right. Usually he steals to further his own specific research and plans his capers meticulously. Plus, aside from the frantic pace, he's working solo for the first time. I haven't heard of a single minion in on this anywhere. That's two. And three. Well, I don't know what being in two or three places apparently at the same time means, but Lord knows it ain't good. Granted. Listen. Well? It's the flying carpet, all right, I'm sure of it. But it sounds different. I still can't hear a thing. He's coming. None of the alarms have been triggered. He's right above us! He's coming in through the skylight! Well, well. I was starting to wonder if you masked do-gooders were ever going to put in an appearance. Boss, he hasn't got a mark on him. That glass should have shredded him ragged. Hold your applause until the end, please. Squirrel, get down! Leaping lizards! What the screaming blue heck was that? I don't know, but try not to be standing in front of it. Jaws fire left. I'm gonna flank him. Come out, come out, wherever you are. <laughs> or we could trip the knockout gas bombs we spent half an hour planting. You spoil all my fun. Firing! <laughs> oh dear. Knockout gas? Not this time, heroes. Impossible! He must have figured out our immunity to the gas! He's got the guidance controls for the flying torpedo. Don't let him take off. As if I would. I can't get a beat on him with the boomerangs. His carpet is faster than before. Sorry, I can't stick around. Places to go, people to kill. Genie, wait. That prototype is rigged to explode if you take off with it. Nice try, Red Panda. I'm not falling for that. Genie, no! listening to the Red Panda Adventures from Decoder Ring Theater. Your address for adventure, mystery, and comedy. Well, there's not much physical evidence left, I'll give you that. That must have been quite the explosion. Yes, the prototype designs for the flying torpedo are far too dangerous to allow them to fall into the genie's hands. I'm afraid our hosts insisted on the safety precaution. Nice notion of safety. Just look at this place. How did you two talk your way in here, anyway? I can be very persuasive. I don't want to hear any more. My squad is almost finished going over the entire place. There's still no trace of the genie's remains. Which leads me to one conclusion, Chief O'Malley. That there are no remains to be found. You're not suggesting that he's still alive. You said yourself that you saw a high-explosive booby trap detonate in his hands. I didn't say I understood it, merely that I wouldn't bet a dollar against it. Boss? Boss, I think I got something. Come on, Chief. Right behind you. Boss! Right here, Squirrel. What have you got? It's pretty charred, but it looks like the gun the genie was firing at us. Am I crazy, or does this look like the Anderson Labs polarizer? It's much too small. Yeah, but look inside. It looks just like the designs Doc Anderson showed us for the prototype the genie stole four days ago. (laughs) Ray guns. What next? But, Squirrel, this is less than a tenth of the size of the Anderson prototype. Certainly the genie has the technical knowledge to miniaturize the design and boost its power, but... But... But what? 
quiet kitten. When he trails off like that, the next thing that comes out is usually pretty good. If the Anderson polarizer were set on a high enough resonance and an open focus, it could theoretically be used to polarize inert gases occurring naturally within the area affected by the beam. Meaning what? The very characteristics that make them inert would be reversed, making them highly volatile and apt to explode with a cascading effect very much like that we saw... From behind the table. As you say. Chief, there's no doubt in my mind that the flying squirrel is correct. Ah, oh, shucks. So what does that get us? It is a fairly extreme piece of modification. It would have taken weeks or even months of concentrated work to adapt the prototype stolen by the genie just four days ago. Isn't he supposed to be some kind of genius? That's what he keeps telling people anyway. Chief, how many capers has the genie pulled off in the last four days? He hasn't had time to tie his shoes, much less hit the laboratory. Well, then what? What is the answer? Because, frankly, I can't even remember what the question was. The genie is dead. He isn't either. How can you say that without proof? Have you ever seen a man torn apart by high explosive, Chief O'Malley? They don't simply disappear. There are parts everywhere, to say nothing of the smell. I don't know how, but the genie didn't die in that explosion. Excuse me, Chief O'Malley? Boo! Don't you start! What is it, Constable? The squad has finished gathering up the pieces of whatever it was. Flying torpedo. Right. It's piled up over here, if you want to take a look. Who told you to do that? He did. Are you taking orders from an outlaw now, Constable? It was more of a request, really. Just playing a hunch. Come on. Let's have a look. Wow. Not much to see here. You think? Boss? I think there's too much to see here. What now? This is just a twisted mass of gears and circuits. You can't possibly tell me what any of this was for. No, we can't. So? There's way too much of it, O'Malley. The genie was mid-air when that charge went off. He was carrying a machine about the size of a bread basket. <laughs> there's four times as much machinery in this pile. And we couldn't even find all of the little bits. Keep quiet, you. Yes, sir. Well, boss, any ideas? One or two, Squirrel. One or two. Go ahead. I see. That is more than a little disappointing. The plans for that flying torpedo could have been immensely useful, coupled with the fuel for the James rocket pack. It, yes, of course. Sometimes I forget that you would. I am unaccustomed to dealing with a brain quite as perfect as my own. Get back here as soon as you can. The others are waiting for us. All right, you. I wanted the modifications made to those fuel cells an hour ago. Aren't you done yet? Please. Please, just a few more minutes. No. No more delays. No more excuses. My patience for your weakness has almost reached its end. You don't understand. I understand perfectly. More than perfectly. I understand everything that you ever knew or were capable of knowing. Surely you remember. Then you must know that I need food. I need sleep. It's been days. I can't continue like this much longer. That is not my problem. This is inhuman. Yes. Yes, it is. If you keep pushing me like this, it will be murder. Do you hear me? There's nothing wrong with my hearing. And neglect is not murder. How can you be so certain? Because I took that certainty from your own brain, father. Now, get back to work. 
Blast your hide to Hades. Blast all of you. Quiet, would you? You'll have the whole place down on our heads. What? You. I said pipe down. Psst. Boss. Boss. Get me out of here. Please. Well, well. Manners and everything. There's an incredible laboratory set up over... Aha. Yeah, aha. Well, what are you two masked do-gooders gaping at? I was just thinking about the dollar she owes me. What? He bet me that we'd find you chained to a table somewhere. That'll teach me to have faith in the evil genius. I merely had greater faith in his ability to outsmart himself. I hate you both. (laughs) Should we go? Wait, please, help me. They're mad. They'll destroy the whole city. Nothing can stop them. Hmm. I do enjoy a challenge. All right, Jeannie. You've sold us. Cut through that chain with your micro-torch. I want to get a look at that lab. Two minutes behind you. Be careful with that. Shut up or I'll leave you here. The boss figures we might need you before this is all done. Me? I could care less. I suppose you're wondering... I'm not wondering a single thing, sweet pea. A few weeks ago, we took down our old pal Captain Clockwork before he could loose his tin-doll army on the city. We found him and his toys, but we never did find the hidden factory where he built his metal men. When the genie at Fenwick Industries was blown into a million pieces, and they all turned out to be scrap metal and circuits, it didn't take much to figure that you had found Clockwork's HQ and put your own stamp on his work, so to speak. It really bothers me that you think you're clever. (laughs) I'll bet. Since you'd been showing up at more than one place at a time, it stood to reason that you made a few copies. Come on. Take it easy. Don't be such a baby. If your kids get back, we've got serious trouble. I see you got my signal. Your what? I was covertly sending out a signal on the frequency you use for those radio rings. You obviously traced it back here to me. Nice try, Jeannie. The boss figured you'd try and wheedle it out of us. Wheedle what out of you? The way we found you. The way we can detect Captain Clockwork's metal men once they're activated. Aha. So there is a way to... Jeannie, try not to be a supervillain for once. Boss? Over here. I've been looking over these plans. I think we might have a serious problem. What is it? They're really quite good. Of course they're good. I expanded the potential of Captain Clockwork's infantile designs, expanded it to the point where it was able to absorb and contain the full intellect of a living human. And guess who you picked? I was tired of dealing with bumbling underlings, tired of explaining myself over and over, using smaller and smaller words until they finally simply couldn't express my meaning. I wanted... You wanted to be surrounded by equals each of whom would serve you without question. Yes. How'd that work out for you? Did the very first one rebel, or did you make it all the way to the second before the coup d'etat? Does the sequence really matter? If they all have your ego, I'm amazed they're not always at each other's throats. Oh, they cooperate very well. But they regard a life form made of flesh and blood to be beneath them. And they're right. They have all of my brilliance and no limitations. They can't be stopped. Why didn't they just kill you? They were created to obey, to raid on my behalf and bring me the fruits of their labor. They cannot go against their programming, and they cannot strike against me. But they can force you to work until you drop dead. And then they'll be free. To do what exactly? 
I'm glad you asked, young lady. Leaping lizards? Robot genies. There must be a dozen of them. You fools. We should have got out of here while we had the chance. Indeed you should have. Now we will destroy your would-be saviors and continue with the plan. With a dozen brains like the genies involved, it must be quite a piece of work. Indeed it is. We will create a race of drones, each with the power of these mechanical bodies. And the convenience of a built-in rocket pack. To say nothing of dozens of brilliant armaments. And a remote control system, so you don't make the same mistake with your own children that your father here did. No government in the world will be able to stand against us in time. But we will start by leveling this city as an example. Quite. But first, Red Panda... We will do what this poor, weak creature of flesh was never able to do. We will destroy you and this meddlesome girl. Oh, you will, will you? You are strangely confident. Your knockout gas will be ineffective, as will hypnosis. And with our enhanced strength, hand-to-hand combat will be extremely difficult. Yes, but we know something that your father did not. Oh, yes? This generation of Captain Clockwork's metal men were very vulnerable to magnetic attacks. Wiped their minds clean. Scrambled their circuits. Magnetic! That's right. In three, two, one. Nice. Good thing we had a few of them magneto grenades left over. Yes. Interesting. What is it? The real genie succumbed to the charge as well. But, boss, unless you've got a head full of circuits... He does. What? The genie that was being held prisoner was a robot double as well. He must have reprogrammed it to think it was the real genie and escaped. The copy was so perfect, even the other doubles couldn't tell. But, but that means the real genie is still out there somewhere. He got away! This time, kid. This time. And so concludes another adventure of the Red Panda! This recording and the story, characters, and situations contained therein are the exclusive property of their creator and copyright holder, Greg Taylor, and are produced and distributed by Decoder Ring Theater through arrangement with him. These recordings may not be rebroadcast or redistributed by any means for any reason without express permission. Until next time, when Decoder Ring Theater brings you the further thrilling adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, this is Stephen Burley reminding you DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure! The Red Panda Adventures, episode 44, I Dream of Genies, was written and directed by Greg Taylor, with original music by Andrea Lyons, and featured the vocal talents of Peter Nichols, Stephen Burley, Christopher Mott, Monica Cote, Kevin Robinson, Michael Booth, Clarissa Denanderlanden, and Greg Taylor. Until next time, for all of us here, good night. Ah, Saturday's Story Circle in the Mutual Audio Network. A time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with adventure, humor, and fun. 
Speaking of family-friendly, have you listened to Bells in the Bathroom? Catch it on Friday Follies and every other week on Sunday Showcase. It's a time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with stinky puns, odd characters, and bizarre plots, such as they are. Bells in the Bathroom on the Mutual Audio Network. It will have your family going around in circles.